Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It's a very sad situation, and clearly he needs help, and hopefully he gets the help that he needs. While I wouldn't necessarily sign him, GMs are going to look for opportunities to improve their team literally on a week-to-week basis. And if you took a team like Dallas, who just lost Michael Gallup, you could bring Antonio Brown, once he's a free agent from Tampa, in for a visit. You could have him meet with the leaders like Jack Prescott and say, hey, you know what, if we're going to do something here, we're going to go day-to-day. We're going to pay you to practice today. If today's practice goes well, we may bring you back tomorrow. And your NFL career, if you have one, is on life support. This may give you a chance to resurrect your career. Who's that? That's my man, Mike Tannenbaum. Okay, can we, can we have a segment called the, the Mike Tannenbaum timeout and give him, like, a timeout for a couple weeks? Because first it was the whole Jaguars thing, how it's the most coveted job in all professional sports. He compared us to the Golden State Warriors, which makes zero sense whatsoever. I love it. And now he's saying you got to go after Antonio Brown. What I think he missed. All, hey, Mike, we're all set. Thanks. He misspoke, and he really should have compared us to the Washington Generals. <laughs> okay, that's better. <laughs> that's better. Yeah, Antonio Brown, Washington Sentinels, maybe <laughs> from <laughs> from the replacements. Antonio Brown will not play football again. No, there's no chance. He no chance. Well, okay. he's got a better I'm, chance of playing whatever yeah. NBA game he was at the other day. I'm not saying there's no chance, but it's not going to happen this year. Uh, I don't think he plays again. Brett Martin, no, that is the voice of Josh Scobie. Austin Lane, of course, you know. Football at 5, Tuesdays from Top Golf. We're back after a couple-week hiatus. Uh, good to see you, Josh Scobie. Hope your holidays were good, man. It was nice. Uh, it's good to get away from you guys for a few Absolutely. weeks. So. neutral. But, <laughs> but it, it's good to hear you guys back on the radio listening, coming in, and uh, definitely have a lot to talk about, that's for sure. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I, let me ask you guys this from an Antonio Brown point of view. We talked about it just for a little bit yesterday. And, and I think there is this mixed feeling, right? It's, I mean, it's part just what are you doing, man, and part you feel bad for a guy who's obviously got some issues. And I think there is a sen- sentiment for that, a sympathy for that. Let me ask you just from a football standpoint, like what is Tampa doing like that day, that game, that af- post game? And, and what's their locker room like right now? Are they still trying to absorb this, digest this? And is there any, as great as Tom Brady is, this feels like, hey, Tom, this was you. <laughs> like, you brought this in. Like, he was like the only guy that felt like he was bringing it in. Um, I just wonder what their locker room right now is like. In, are they still in disbelief, or are they just like, all right, moving on, time to go win a Super Bowl? It's probably a little of both. Yeah. Uh, I mean, any time you win a game, everything else gets kind of shoved yeah, aside. True. And they did win. Yeah, exactly. So that helped. If they had lost the game, then that would have been a, a lot bigger talking point. But the fact that they won the game... They all probably got back into the locker room and started, like, hitting each other going, like, did you see that? What was, <laughs> what was your perspective? What did he say? Yeah. And it all just kind of swooped around the locker room until they got back to the plane and then started talking about it more. Of because, course. you know, whenever you get back Sit on to the, the plane, plane yeah. people start talking. Especially and, if you start winning and I guess this yeah. is positive stuff. You're not questioning yeah. the game plan or the scheme or anything. If you win the football game, then you're talking about what happened to Antonio Brown. Yeah. Not, you know, I will say this. That, that was acknowledge even in the Jags locker room earlier this year that they saw some video of something going around. Now I can't remember which game it was. I, I want to say it wasn't Tennessee, uh, but Urban Meyer said he saw the video, and I, I think it was like a questionable call. But it's it's interesting to me that like soon after the game, it's not surprising. I guess it's just interesting that as soon as the game ends, they take a shower, they put their clothes on, they're getting on the bus, they're going to the airport, whatever it might be. They're looking at your phone. Now, I know you were looking at your phone like at yeah. halftime and stuff. Well, Correct. You heard that. Correct. But 
I mean, that's actually like a thing. Most of these guys see it. Like, yeah. They try yeah, to ignore well, it, but they see everything going around, right? Yeah. You know, especially nowadays. I mean, that's just the trend. I mean, once you decompress after a game, I mean, the first thing you do is pick up your phone to either call someone who's your wife, girlfriend, whatever, uh, or get on social media, and then that's going to be the first thing you see. So I guarantee the first thing all those Bucks players were seeing was Antonio Brown doing everything that he was doing from fans' perspective, from the media's perspective, and it, it was the worst look that I've seen in a long time from a professional football player. Yeah, it really yeah. was a bad look. Uh, you know, it's interesting I brought up the video. Even Aaron Rodgers said last night on the Manning cast, he brought up the idea of the memes. Like, he looks at all the stuff. Like, oh, yeah. you can tell. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. impossible not to see all that stuff, Brent. He, social media. he filters it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he filters it out okay enough to throw touchdown passes. Yeah. Uh, that, that is for sure. All right, Josh Scobie, Trent Baalke, you're all on board. Are you the only one endorsing Trent Baalke to be GM? Well, I'm probably one of the only people that hasn't changed their <laughs> profile picture to a clown. <laughs> There's many reasons why, but... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I'm on board with with the fire Trent Baalke because of many reasons. And, I mean, I, I think right now we need, I say we, the, the Jaguars collectively need uh, a, a clean sweep of a lot of people, and him included. Um, and they need to do a better job of of including people that that have a sense of what is going on with the fan base and with what this city actually needs to succeed. And I know Shad Khan has done a, a lot of good things for this city, and the fan base agrees with that. They agree that he's done good things for the actual city, but mm -hmm. in terms of football, there hasn't been very much good happening right now in the in the past 10 years. And for Trent Baalke to be retained, I, I'll be shocked. I mean, I, I was going to be shocked if Urban was retained after this season, and fortunately I was right about that, and I'll be shocked if, if Trent Baalke is here within the next seven days. I feel like I've put you and uh, Austin a little bit kind of on my own train because I think we believe this. But the I really, lane train. Yeah, yeah, the lane train. Nicely done, Josh. I've, I've said this now for a couple of weeks. I might be in denial on it, but I don't think he's going to be the guy in 2022. And quite frankly, that was like last Monday when we heard the news and into Tuesday before the whole movement from the fan base. I just don't see the sense of it, and I think logic will win the day, even for Shad. I think this retain has a lot of different ways to go with it. We haven't seen a statement or any confirmation from Shad, so that leaves the door wide open. But, Austin, I mean, are you are you thinking next Monday, by the way, Sunday, 4-15, Monday, we get one of those releases that it's like, hey, thanks uh, for, for everything you did, Trent, but um, we're moving on and we, we're starting the organization? Or do you think there is seriously a chance that Shad isn't hearing this and, and isn't going to be moved by what he does here enough to say, okay, it's time to make a change? See, I'm speaking for more of Shad Khan, the businessman, than I am more of the Shad Khan X's and O's kind of guy. And, like, if you run a business and you're sitting in this meeting, you're trying to hire your next CEO or the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the fact that you still have Trent Baalke in those meetings, you know, you're getting input from him, that leads me to believe that some part of you at least thinks he might be here in the future. Now, maybe Shad Khan has a change of heart. Maybe he hears the – maybe he goes on Twitter and sees all the chaos that's happening. Maybe we see chaos uh, in the stands come Sunday. Maybe he has a change of heart. But, like, I think the fact that he's 
kept him as long as he has when I think it is a detriment to this team to have Trent Baalke associated right now with your team, to have Trent Baalke sitting in meetings with guys like Jim Caldwell and Doug Peterson. The fact that Baalke's still around, I have to at least, part of me has to believe, well, maybe he does envision Baalke to be around um, past this season. Yeah, I'd be so stunned, and I just don't know what else we could do more to hammer the move, the idea of the move. And I've said this before, I don't think Shad Khan really listens to... Uh, ESPN 690 and says, I wonder what Brendan Austin are thinking or Josh is saying oh, today. Cool, though. Um, I, I do think... Shot, and, are you listening? And Shot has been this yeah. way. Urban did. <clears throat> I do think he listens to what the... Or, or reads, at least, because he's more of a global guy and he, he's around the country. Does see what the national guys say. Brent, you and, have 20,000 Twitter uh, followers, I, though, I, man. Don't be so hard on yourself. Way, don't uh, me. Sorry about that. Uh, and, but I do think, <laughs> you know, even a lock and four, who's not the most well-respected guy, but a ball... Um, a Breer uh, and, and other people have now come out and said that this would hinder the the search potentially now shod's living the search <laughs> so he knows if it's going to hinder it or not yeah but i do think some of the noise being made on the national level is getting shod's attention and almost i think the the noise at the local level might be giving people close to shod a little bit of confidence and courage to say something to the owner like hey we got to take a look at this no, you know I, what i mean i agree yeah there's there's way too many people that have direct contact with Shad and with Mark Lamping and with the guys that are at the top that are seeing this on a daily basis and seeing the the pulse of the fan base and seeing what's going on that it's not there's no chance it's not getting back to him and he might not care he probably feels like you know what I'm gonna make the decision number one you know this is my my team I've invested all this into this team so I'm gonna make that call but He's 100% hearing this. And, I mean, I have people that follow me on Twitter that are directly involved with the Jaguars. I mean, assistance to them, they see all this. They see what I tweet. They see what I retweet. They, they see it. So I guarantee it's, got, it's gotten back to them, and I'm not the only person they're seeing that from. Yeah, and I, I think, listen, I, I knew within 24 hours, I told people last week, they saw the movement going on. Oh, yeah. They, they, yeah, uh, they going. knew what was – they're not – they understand it. They see it. They're not blind to that. And they also see the, the rest of us absolutely hammering the franchise right now. Even people like, you know who, that are usually very positive. Dark and have side no right now. Yep. to go. Welcome. Like, and, and I don't know if they – I don't think they value that or they're going to change a decision based off what I'm saying. But I'm just saying they hear the noise. They see the noise. The question is, do they have the courage to pass that along, right, and say, hey, Shad, I, I just want you to at least have all the information here and, re and rethink this. Does this make a lot of sense? And, again, I don't want to present this like they're going to change their mind because of the fans and people complaining and all that. That's not it. I think they're going to change your mind because it's illogical to have Trent Baalke as the GM of this football team. Correct. He's done nothing yeah. to earn the GM job over the last yeah. couple of years, and all you do is potentially bring less continuity by trying to gain continuity and keep him here. Look at his last five regimes he's been a part of. It's five different head coaches. Like, I can provide you all that evidence. Is he? And I've got to believe Shad now has that in front of him and has heard different arguments, even if he thought initially it might be better to kind of keep the train rolling. Um, it, it, we all think that's a bad idea. He might have thought that was a good idea. I can't imagine seven days later he still thinks that's a good idea. No chance. He won't be here in seven days. It's It's not possible and if he is you're going to get 
an even bigger movement to get rid of him after that yeah. from people on social media. And by the way, mm. Sunday is going to be a somewhat embarrassing day to this organization. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to... I don't know how they can prevent it. Um, I have been very careful, by the way... I, Listen, the fans have every right to do what they want to do. I understand what the fans are doing. I understand the fans are the fans are passionate, man. I, I said this last week that the fans, I think the Jags, some people in the organization should be happy the fans are this loud and care this much, oh, even I, though yeah. it's been so bad. Um, but this will be an embarrassment. I mean, it's already starting to go national, right? The, yeah. the movement on social media. What are people going to wear to the game? How do you prevent that? I don't think you can. Uh, and th Listen, it's going to be a, it's a weird spot to be in for a lot. I just told Austin, I said, it's a weird thing to cover, right? Because, I mean, it's a fan movement, but uh, it, it's just a hard thing to cover. I think you, you uh, people have asked us, like, hey, when are you going to change this? When are you going to wear this? I'm not doing that. Like, that's not a... There's a difference, right? Is it now? My kids might. Sure. <laughs> they have season tickets. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, hey, do whatever you want to do. But I'm not. So, uh, but it's going to. Bottom line is, from a perception standpoint, the shot that's going to go around the NFL and all the shows and everywhere on Sunday and Monday, it's going to be an embarrassing day yes. for the organization. For anybody who cares about the organization, been a part of the organization, uh, because it's going to be interpreted, probably even a different way than even the fans are are trying to mean it. Listen, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know how much of the, of the clown movement was addressed when I was gone last Not week. too much. Um, it was mentioned. But, yeah, but, but I will say this, though, about the entire movement. When I go back home to Wisconsin, I have to hear about the Green Bay Packers nonstop. It's just the way that it is. And, you know, I was hoping this year, and I envisioned it in my mind, when you got Trevor Lawrence, you may not win a lot of games. At least I can go back home to Wisconsin and say, well, at least we got Trevor Lawrence now. What's Aaron Rodgers going to do for you? you no, know, You know, like, I mean, I, I could have had that verbal sparring match. Well, I didn't have that. I can't say look at Trevor Lawrence because, well, the numbers dictate that. And they're not watching every single Jaguars game, so they don't understand. But I can't say, well, if you turn on the TV, you're going to see some good throws from him. If you listen to Dan Orlovsky, he's going to tell you why Trevor's going to – they don't care, right? All they go off is by numbers. So I have nothing literally to show and say, hey, it's okay to be a Jaguars fan. It's okay to cover the team. All I had was clowns. And I literally – I showed them a tweet. I'm like, look at my tweet and look at my likes right now. Notice something different? They're like, yeah, everything is a clown. I'm like, yes, because his fan base, then pretty much the entire fan base changed their Twitter avatars to clowns. And, like, that's where we are right now. That's all I had to go off of. Like, the, the, that, that was the pride of the franchise. I couldn't say, well, we might get Jim Caldwell, we might get Doug Pe No, I don't know what we're going to do. I can't say, well, new GM. No, because we got Trent Baalke. I couldn't say, well, Urban Meyer did. No, because Urban Meyer was, it was... <laughs> A clown show, okay? So, like, I literally had nothing to go back home to to try to get in a sparring match with Packer fans and say, well, at least we got this going for us. All I had was clowns. And you know what? They were impressed by it. So that's all I had to go off of. Yeah, listen, it's an impressive movement. Again, there are a lot of people that care about this organization. What I wonder is, former players, is Sunday going to be kind of like, hey, you appreciate the fan base and what they're after, and you're you're just as frustrated as everybody else in the city. Um, but it almost, does it does it look come across as looking bad on the organization? Do you think it will be painted in a bad way? You know every national guy can't wait to hammer the Jags anyway, for the most part. It's easy pickings sometimes. And, uh, sometimes. So <laughs> I, I think, yeah, so, I mean, I... I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious what Sunday, Monday will bring. Um, but I do think it will bring fire Trent Baalke eventually. I think that's what's going to manifest itself. But there might be some other storylines that come out, I guess, is my point. I think it's going to be astronomical in terms of the national headlines. Because I, I remember back to, like, the Cleveland Browns when I was getting ready to get drafted. And, like, the Cleveland Browns, that one team where they're on the clock, they're like, I hope I don't go here. I hope I don't go here. Honestly, you said that. I said that. Yeah. 
I'm like, they're on the clock. I'm like, Ugh. and by the way, you're a fifth round guy that's just hoping oh, yeah. to get drafted. Uh, you're hoping to get drafted, not to Cleveland, though, that's at the what? time. Yeah, that's, 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 that's how I felt. That tells me a lot, though. But, that's... like, you know, but I remember, like, I remember seeing videos of their fans wearing, like, the, the you know, the, the trash the bags, ba- the, the bags yeah. on their head or yeah. whatever, right? I'm, I'm yeah. like, that got national attention. That found its way to, to Murray, Kentucky, where I played, uh, you know, for college football. It found its way to Wisconsin, where, you know, I grew up. Like, I, I knew the Cleveland Browns were just, they were an organization you probably didn't want to go to at that time. I feel like this is going to be amplified even worse than wearing, you know, Paper bags, bags over yeah. your head. I, I feel like it's going to be amplified because everyone's going to be doing it. So, yeah, in terms of the national media, it's not going to be the best look for the franchise. No, and, and that's the thing about, you know, being a former player is that we find it embarrassing. And it doesn't matter when you played for the team and how you played as an individual or how your team did while you were playing, it's still going to be embarrassing. And we want the franchise to do better. We're, we're hoping for better things to happen in the future and that's why like there's kind of a movement right now going on in social media and uh, jimmy smith kind of started it uh, started it was trying to get former players more involved and trying to reach out to the organization and get former players not necessarily as you know assistant coaches by any means but maybe you know consultants to the coaches or to the gm or to the ownership to get a beat of this fan base and to try and get some type of culture where we're respected and and not the kind of the laughing stock of the league and mm. that's that's what we are right now is the laughing stock and we have to somehow find a way to get out of that yeah and you know, listen i brought up an article last week where austin was off but if you go back and read the buffalo news 2017 it was it was an interview with Pagula, the Pagulas, and they were just hiring McDermott and how they were picking the, you know, they had a lot of stuff going on. It wasn't all great. This was before Josh Allen. They were trying to turn the organization, and, like, they were viewed by the, there was, like, a Boston Globe or somebody said, it's a clown show there. And it's very interesting tie. I thought the article in general, never mind just that one bit, mm-hmm. but people sometimes view organizations like whether it's the New York Knicks who haven't done well for a while or whatever, and they'll throw that phrase out there, right? And so, again, the, the perception around the country is not good of the Jags anyway. Uh, but this might be on steroids on Sunday. And you brought up a good point. You guys are both former players, and I've seen the Jimmy Smith stuff. And, and listen, there are a lot of people on my timeline that say, hey, bring all the former players back and let them run the show. Yeah, it's not that. happening, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's not going to work either. But should former players have a, a voice? Should there be a coalition? Should there be – you're part of this NFL alumni here in Jacksonville. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what your role is now in it, but I know you've been heavily vice involved. Vice president. In the pa- vice really? President. There you go. You're oh, okay. You're okay. a VP. Okay. I'm so, okay, Camilla like, Harris. I see you. They wouldn't let a kicker be a VP. <laughs> I see you. They I see you, Mr. Not. Harris. Who is the president? Uh, Brian Barker. All right, Brian Barker. Former punter. punter. That's Sorry. right. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, seriously, do you think you could – Here's where I think there's value in that. Here's where I think there's value in the former player. I think what you just kind of said. There is passion to get this right. There is pride in Jacksonville for people who live here, who have been a part of it, who have been a part of the organization. Former players, former coaches, fans, of course. I think people even who work and cover the team. I mean, there's kind of we're all tired of it. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and I do think people... I said this a couple weeks ago when we were on the Kismet with Shad Khan. You, there wasn't one person that would walk off that that meeting with shot and say he doesn't want to win but he obviously hasn't been able to get it right and so from an input standpoint is there value of what players want what 
what players need, um, what they look for in coaches, what they look for in an organization. And so could there be some value in guys like you uh, talking with the higher-ups? And has that ever happened before? Have you ever... Well, I mean, Josh, were you there in the Kismet? Did you get invited to that? Too? I did not. Oh, okay, no. good. Then I feel better. Anyways, please I, continue. I have been on it a couple times. So Don't tell me that. All right. Anyways, <laughs> I think I think Brent asked you a question, so let's go ahead and answer it. Hey. Only going to make me more upset. I mean, guys got most points in team history. I mean, what the hell? Only, I, I got it. I got it. But, I mean, you're right, Brent, in, in terms of, you know, the value and, and actual, you know, what former players could bring to the table it's coming in it's speaking to players at whatever position you played like if austin came in and spoke to the defensive line stopping the run little things like that like yep. if i came in worked with the kickers and punters and snappers jimmy smith comes in speaks to the receivers it doesn't have to be during training camp at like a random team meeting yeah. with, with those uh, i always hated those uh, motivational meetings or whatever uh but it, i mean it's just keeping in contact with the players, giving them advice, little things like that. And I think that could go a long way. The problem is not all or pretty much none of these coaches that are here and the GM and whoever will be here at head coach, they don't have any ties to us. Yeah, yeah. And so they're prideful. They want to bring in their guys. They're going to mold these guys the way that they want. So if they get outside people coming in with their ideas then they probably won't like that but at the same time though josh and not to underplay i mean you know you, you do have the most points in jaguars history so no seriously your your name does mean something around this city and like if you look at college atmospheres like it doesn't matter who the regime takes over they always bring back like the old yep. guard to try to you know motivate the the these players or at least speak to them no i get it so different because you're trying to shape young men and, and nfl is a bunch of grown-ass men i get that point but i'm just saying there's something to be said for bringing players back and and at least you know getting input on things and i think you would be great for that if you can just bring me on as some kind of Secretary of Swag, yeah. that would be great. Let let me design the next uniforms. Let me design the helmets. Brent, you laugh. A, it could be two-tone, so go ahead and keep laughing, Brent. I'm going to actually bring something to the table here. Listen, the re here's where I think there could be some value in it, too. You say Detroit really does a great yeah. job of reaching out to players and former players. Yeah. I don't know if they bring them back into the organization, like make a connection. But right now, these young guys in that locker room are hearing it on every level. They're seeing it on social media. You guys suck. Mm -hmm. Wait, the Jags stink. They're this. Everybody's fed up yeah, with it. And that creates so a I, culture. It creates a bad, like, us against you. We don't like our fans. Yeah. We don't remember that happened a little bit with Alan Robinson and stuff. Sure. Oh, yeah. Like, I wonder yeah. if there is a value to saying, hey, Josh or us, listen, you're going to take some heat around here. But it's because they love you, man. They want you to win. Like, they got your back. That's how much it means to them. Like, to, to feel a little bit of sense of pride in there. And then... There's just not, whether it's you guys and Baselli and others, who Jimmy Smith wants to throw his name. I think Maurice Jones-Drew has offered his name a bunch of times. Fred's yeah. still in the building at times. Like, what do players need, right? When we had it cooking, when it was good, we had this. Why not have some of that and, input? And it they'll can't listen. Hurt. They'll listen to us more than they're going to listen to their own coach. They will. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, yeah. especially this staff. Yeah. Well, they won't. <laughs> they're done listening to them. <laughs> they tune them out. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on Tuesdays from Top Golf as we try to fix the Jacksonville Jaguars. The three of us. Good job.
they absolutely misjudged it when Kevin Colbert, their general manager, gave Roethlisberger that extension in the spring of 2019 to the tune of two years, $68 million. A part of his goal was to be able to lower the cap hit for his quarterback, but ultimately that's just kicking the can down the road, and you're ultimately going to have to pay that bill at some point, and Pittsburgh is now in the spot where they've got to do it. They tried to restructure his contract this offseason to lower his cap number as much as they could, but over the course of the last three years, the organization has paid Roethlisberger $80 million. And what did they get in terms of their return on investment? They got 28 wins to 19 losses in one tie, one playoff appearance, and zero playoff wins. I don't know who that Yeah, let's give him $80 million. Yeah. We'll take it. Uh, by the way, Big Ben, I, I, I'm not sure. Who was that, Casey? Chris Canty. Oh, that was Canty. That's your guy. You love Canty now. He's on with Gold Jr. Good, uh, hearty takes, I'm telling you. he got good takes, man, and so he's good. Uh, and I think you can listen to him right after our show, right? You can do that, the last hour of their show, yeah. for sure. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting take, and I'm not, not a bad point. Yeah, they probably did waste a lot of money, waste a lot of time, but they may have actually landed in a perfect spot. Sometimes you got to get lucky. What if Aaron Rodgers is available? What if Russell Wilson's available? Those guys will want to go to a place like Pittsburgh. They'll want to play for Tomlin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, they could correct this boom like that. And and then if you said you care, you waited too long for Roethlisberger, I would argue, no, you didn't. Yeah. Because who would you miss out on? I mean, what would they miss out on? Maybe getting Davis Mills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the next quarterback that went that year after Roethlisberger was J.P. Lossman. Oh, wow. Was it really? There's a name That was the same year that I got drafted. Well, of course, so I, the, Jags, I know that draft. Well, the Jags passed on I was hoping to get drafted that year, or that uh, that first round. But it didn't <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> so. You have to wait to the fifth? Fifth round. Fifth. Yeah. So, did you go yeah. to the combine? Is there a kicker? I did. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. How, what was that like for you? Um, I mean, did you did you do everything or not? A lot of waiting around. Yeah. Okay, yeah, for sure. Like, you don't run the 40-yard dash or anything? Kind of like, yeah. yeah. like your whole career in the NFL. <laughs> Pretty much. A lot of waiting yeah, so around. They, <laughs> they kept us in our hotel room. They're like, all right, <laughs> go kick. Just meeting. Uh, yeah, what's, actually, like, it, it, what's the interview like for a kicker? It was basically nothing. they just like, have you killed anybody? So <laughs> they look at their notes, and they're like, you right, been arrested? You, no, you right. like to go to bars when you're in college. All right, cool. <laughs> we'll go see kick. it. Yeah. But my, my best story from the Combine was the they had this machine there for some dumb reason that, that measured your, like, quad strength. So you would get on this machine and oh, just yeah. I know like, talking about. kick it, like, literally just get on and do leg press or leg extensions yep. like this, as many as you could. And just for dumb luck, the person that went right before me was Greg Jones. <laughs> <laughs> right before me. I'm watching him. I'm like... Oh my gosh! And, he's just like, and the machine almost was like jumping, and then I got on there. I'm like, oh, by the way, the machine God. looks like it's from the '80s. Yeah, like, it, it, it does. Yeah. It's, I don't does know. anybody know if they still do that? Well, I, I so no I'll idea. say this, Josh. I remember when I played with the Jaguars. We had that machine because I had to go through like I had a yeah. hamstring. It's issue. called like a Cybex or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yep. So, uh, do you know if kickers still go to the combine? They do. Oh, yeah. they still do. Oh yeah. Huh. It's very boring. I was going to say, like, that is a weird thing. Like, why do you need to measure a kicker? Like, what was Janikowski's trip to the combine like? Probably a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I had gone with him. <laughs> is he still in town? Yeah, he is. Is he? Yep. Okay. He's in Mandarin. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a pretty wild interview with Janikowski. Yeah. I actually wouldn't mind being in that room, oh. probably.
Uh, with Love him. That, dude. Uh, Brett Martin, Josh Kobe, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a Tuesday. Tuesdays from Top Golf. Uh, we got another show coming up next week. We'll put a bow in the 2021 season. Uh, we'll see if Trent Bulky's still the GM. We'll see if the Jags have a new head coach. And then uh, a lot happened, obviously, in a uh, in a Jaguars offseason. You were with Pittsburgh for a very short time. Any uh, Ben stories? Did you even say hi to him? Did oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've um, I've run into him a couple times since being in Pittsburgh. But uh, all this like. Antonio Brown stuff and Ben Roethlisberger stuff started, you know, kind of getting some memories going for me for the very short time that I was there. And one of the crazy ones, or a few of the crazy ones, um, that I was thinking about whenever all this A-B stuff happened on Sunday mm-hmm. was we would do, you know, like a walkthrough on Friday or Saturday and then Monday. So Saturday before the game, okay. no coaches allowed, just on the field, and then Monday – uh, you know, post game, mm-hmm. go out, stretch, and run, and it was just strength coaches yep. and players. And every time we would do it, we would always start later because Antonio Brown hadn't showed up yet. So, really? and Roethlisberger would not allow it to start until he got out there. We're like, all right, guys, it's eleven o'clock. He's like, no, we're not starting yet. Not starting. As a way to try to make Antonio Brown feel bad about himself. Okay. So, (laughs) boom, the door would open 10 minutes late or whatever. He'd run out like, all right, start it. And Roethlisberger would run it. But he he was a really good, and still is, a really good leader in terms of doing stuff like that. And people really, you know, gravitated towards his leadership. And So you could see that. Oh, absolutely. And he and I were in the weight room quite a bit because of random times where he had free time, I had free time, so we were getting our individual workouts in at the same time. So we talked a lot, and like I said, I've run into him a couple times since uh, being in Pittsburgh, and he was one of the guys that was really good to me while all the bad stuff was going on, yeah. so I, I always appreciated him. That's cool. Uh, do you, I, I asked this, uh, we talked a little bit about to Jihad Ward last night on Jags Report Live, and I, I've asked this before in other organizations. I was... I would ask Calais a little bit about this. I always thought Arizona was an interesting place. Arizona didn't have a ton of success, but they had some of the nicest people in the world in their building. I mean, Calais Campbell is like an all-world guy mm-hmm. and good player. Larry Fitzgerald, all-world guy, oh, yeah. good player. Patrick Peterson was, is, uh, according to most, an all-world guy, Carson great player. Palmer, Carson Palmer. Yep. And I was like, what are they doing there? Like, how do they get these kind of people in there that are still good players? Like, but it was weird because they didn't really win big. Now, they did go to the Super Bowl and lost to uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. So I asked this, like, we've, we've talked about it before. Austin went to Kansas City and, and Chicago and Detroit. And you go to these different organizations. And even if you're there for a short time, do you, know, do you notice something like they do it a little bit different here and it works? Like, Pittsburgh, it's worked. Like, did, yeah. did anything strike you when you went to Pittsburgh? Even though, again, it wasn't a successful stint. It was kind of a short stint. But you're like... Maybe they should do that a little bit more down in Jackson. Oh, yeah. There's little things that you notice, and that was, like, when I when I got to Pittsburgh, I noticed that everything was basically the exact opposite from what I had just come from <laughs> in Jacksonville, and that's why I was uncomfortable, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't do very well there is because it was the exact opposite. Yeah. I was used to one thing for a long time, and then we get there, and all of a sudden the first team meeting, Mike Tomlin is talking about, Boom, he puts the Super Bowl trophy up, Lombardi trophy up on the screen like, 
this is what we're doing this year. We're winning the Super Bowl. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I thought we were just trying Playing to play next four game? games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing next game? Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl? What? Okay. So, th yeah, that culture there is Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, yeah. And even though they've only won, you know, one, what, two in, his, the, in the two, time yeah. that he's been there, but they have had zero losing seasons in 15 seasons. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, that just that culture is completely different. And just little things here and there that, that make you notice. Uh, but for the most part, you know, football coaches are going to be football coaches and yeah. teams are going to be teams. But their, their culture there is about winning and they'll call out players for doing bad things and they doesn't matter who they, you are no it doesn't matter they they don't they don't let you hide it. unless you're antonio brown then they just kind of <laughs> they kind of shove them in the corner yeah. but austin told that good. story before about new england I, a buddy his yeah. went to new england and belichick quizzed him on like who was on the wall i think right and yeah a guy couldn't answer and it couldn't and answer. belichick literally chewed him out and said you better learn this by tomorrow if you don't learn it by tomorrow yeah. you're out of here <laughs> it's like yeah welcome and then you to the go patriots. study all night yeah welcome to the patriots <laughs> you know yeah. i mean it's just the Patriot way. Is that what that yeah, is? it's the yeah. Patriot way. But I think, like, with Tomlin or, like, with Belichick, like, once you start winning, I mean, you can really do no wrong. You can, like, yeah. you, you kind of initiate what, whatever you want. Like, just the problem here in Jacksonville is you haven't really – you had one season and that was it, and that's kind of an anomaly now. Um, it's kind of an outlier. But, like, you've got to get on the right track and win some games and then start establishing culture. You, you establish culture by winning. Simple as that. It's really interesting is how do you set the standard? It's easy now in New England. It's easy in Pittsburgh. All you got to do is go show them the, the history books. Yeah. How do you set the standard here in Jacksonville? The next coach coming in will have that that mountain to climb, right? And they're going to have to try to figure that out. Uh, let's get Captain Rick on real quick, Florida Sports and Fishing Report. Captain Rick, what's happening on a Tuesday? Woo! How we doing, Brad? Boy, the wind is cranking. Much more wind than we anticipated today. It was supposed to start laying out. It has not one bit. Now, here's what happens when it gets like it is. It's northeast, which is bringing us extremely high tides. I think through tomorrow, the best place to be is going to be down at Guana Dam. That causes the dam to overflow and uh, brings the fish rallied right there at the dam. There'll be a lot of guys waiting there Damn. tomorrow morning. So get a pair of waders and get on that high tide redfish bite tomorrow. There'll be some big trout with them. That'll be the only thing going on because ocean's going to be closed at least tomorrow, maybe even Thursday. We've got more northeaster than we thought, but Guana uh, Dam is the best place going right now or get way back in a feeder creek off of the intercoastal out of the wind. But we'll be back to check on it tomorrow with another fishing report brought to you by CSS Landscaping and Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. Thank you, Brent. Thanks, Captain Rick. Appreciate it. Uh, let's take a break. One more uh, to go from Top Golf Tuesdays from Top Golf. Fred Martin, Josh Kobe, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, which uh, put a bow on the show as we try to fix the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here on a Tuesday, you get you get one move to make. What move are you making from a player standpoint this offseason that helps change the most? Josh, do you own a pair of waiters? Damn right. I like that, man. <laughs> I respect that a lot. I like your style. Very good. We'll be back on ESPN six nine. Welcome back Tuesdays from Top Golf. Brett Martin along with Josh Kobe, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz back in the studios pushing all the buttons. Of course, always does a great job. UNF Ospreys get going with their A-Sun schedule coming up on Wednesday down at Florida Gulf Coast and then home on Saturday, 2 o'clock for the women's game, 5 o'clock for the men's game against Stetson. I'll be on the call for that one. Come on out to UNF Arena 
Go to unfospreys.com on Saturday. Uh, both teams get ready to begin 2022 with a bang. unfospreys.com for all the news, schedules, results, and where you can find tickets uh, to watch some good men's and women's basketball. Are you still calling those games, Brent? I am, yeah, nice. some of them. Uh, so I got Saturdays. I got the next two Saturdays, okay. which is a lot of fun. Cool. And uh, we'll see how they are. You know, it's hard to tell how good the men's team is because they play so many tough games. Yeah. And so then you get to the season, and you're like, okay, this is now equal competition for the most part. So uh, we'll see. The, the women's team at UNF has done a really nice job to get off to a good start. They have their best team that I remember in my 14 years here. So it uh, should be a lot of fun as basketball ramps up. Now, Florida State plays at 6.30 tonight on ESPN. Uh, 6.90 coverage begins at 6.30. Uh, Florida State in action. College basketball schedule has been all over the place because of uh, so many cancellations. All right, uh, here's the news of the day. Uh, we haven't asked you this yet. You know, Jim Caldwell supposed to be interviewing Doug Peterson last week. Uh, Todd Bowles yesterday. Uh, Everflus is the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts and uh, there was a report today out of Indy that the Colts brass said, hey, do you mind waiting until after this week's game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're playing the Jaguars. It's what a kind big of defense game. you guys running, huh? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And so that's kind of understandable, yeah. but he might never leave Jacksonville. Maybe just, just stays walk here. walk around the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty ironic. Uh, do you have a favorite that you would like to see? Again, I always think this is interesting from a player perspective. And, I mean, you're a special teams guy. If you're an offensive guy, I, I would assume you'd want an offensive head coach. I don't know if Austin even feels that strongly about that because he knows the state of the Jags right now and Trevor's the most important thing. Correct. Uh, but what do you think? If you could pick a guy, who would you pick? I, I mean, I, I would go with someone, obviously, that has NFL experience and experienced winning, and that would be Doug Peterson for me. Um, I know Doug Peterson. I've been around him a lot. Great guy, great motivator, offensive mind played in the league for a long time um maybe didn't play a whole long or play very much in the league but i think he would bring some energy here bring an offensive mindset that we need um whether Darrell bevel or anyone on this offensive side is even going to be around which i highly doubt I don't but so. I, I think i think doug peterson is my guy and uh I'm hoping that happens. Uh, that's interesting you brought that up earlier in the show. First of all, I think it's a slam dunk hire. It's Doug Peterson or it's Jim Caldwell. Um, now, I lean a little bit right now on Caldwell, but I want to ask you a little more about Peterson. I would endorse Peterson. I just feel like this thing needs to be stabilized to the point where I don't need any ego involved. And I don't know Caldwell, but he looks like a guy that doesn't care about ego. And he's just like, I want to be all about the Jags and getting it right. Peterson, my guess is he has some ego, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It helped him get to a Super Bowl. You don't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Belichick without an ego. The problem with Urban Meyer had so much ego, it was all about Urban, that the way people responded in the building was a negative way. And everything that went bad went, got even worse. And so you got to be a little careful of that. But tell me more about Peterson. Uh, he's a three-handicap guy. So have you seen him on the golf course? Yes, I mean, yes. Like, I played because golf I've heard him. very good things. People that have worked for Peterson in different departments in Philly, the word trickles down to Jacksonville that he, they loved working around Peterson. And, and so you could see that. Yeah. No, like I said, he's a, a very good guy. He uh, actually, Louisiana guy, went to University of Louisiana, Monroe, uh, I played in his charity golf tournament quite a few times at a course that I'm a member at in Louisiana, uh, but that has nothing to do with the football side of it. I just think that him being a part of Philadelphia and taking them 
to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl the way that they did it, I mean, that, in such a short amount of time, I mean, th there's a lot to be said about that. Obviously, they had a fallout, and only a couple years later, he was fired. But I think he probably learned a lot from that. Mm. And his next stint, he will have known what to do this next time and be able to transition to that next spot. Yeah. So, Austin, I know you're okay with the offensive guys around Trevor. Yeah. But well, especially an Andy Reid offensive guy, too, by the way. And that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and these guys both have good pedigrees uh, just from where they've been around with the Indianapolis yeah. the connections and Baltimore connections. Yeah. So uh, that, that's that's a good thing. But defense coordinators sometimes are the best. Like, those are the, the, the greatest coaches of all time. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look no further than Bill Belichick. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to a defensive coordinator uh, or a defensive guy if it was the right guy. But the way that I see it right now between Caldwell and Peterson, I'm happy with that because it's about the development of Trevor Lawrence. And if you want to talk about coaching trees, it doesn't get much better, I think, than Andy Reid. You know, Bill Belichick is, is probably the greatest coach in NFL history, but his coaching tree, for whatever reason, just hasn't worked out. I just think it's more of when you know his descendants especially on the defensive side of the ball try to get new jobs like a matt patricia they try to be bill belichick there's only one bill belichick it's impossible to try to replicate kind of the system that he's built there the culture and just the mindset that he brings to the table it just doesn't work with andy reed like you know i played for andy reed and, and it's probably the best coach i ever played for i respected him because it wasn't like you know, lock, stock, and barrel where, like, it was just everyone's tight-knit and we're all... No, it was a fun atmosphere. We had, you know, fr uh, fast food Fridays you would bring in. Like, I've told this story before. Just like laid back, right? Andy Reid is one of the most laid-back characters you're ever going to meet, but he's an offensive genius. And I think Doug Peterson has picked up on that a little more. So, to, to, I guess to kind of put a bow on this here, I think it's easier to replicate the kind of culture that Andy Reid brings to the table as opposed to Bill Belichick. I think that's very well said. How many guys, let me ask you this. I was going to ask you one player, but it's not going to be one player. You guys have been part of good teams and seen where it works. How many how many players of, of good player stature will it take to get the Jags right? Not Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm talking about competitive NFL. Like, are we talking about two guys on each side of the ball <laughs> in the offseason, or do, are we talking about five guys on each side of the ball? It's probably four on each side of the ball. It, it has to be. I would be happy with that. Yeah, I mean eight total. That uh, that's a uh, obviously a huge. In addition number. to what they already have, or can you include like Trevor in that? I think oh, you can include Trevor in that. Um, but they have to have some of the existing players play a whole lot better. Absolutely, that's a good point. Very good point. All right, hey, I got a feeling our conversation will continue on this next Tuesday. Whew. I think we're going to have a lot more information next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Josh, so. are you going to game Sunday? Let's see you there. That is our plan. <laughs> okay, cool, man. <laughs> We'll be I'm look, not sure we'll what be watching be what you'll be wearing. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you there, though. All right. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow at 3. Uh, Florida State coverage coming up on ESPN 690 at uh, 630. Thanks for listening and watching and subscribing to ESPN 690. Tuesdays from Top Golf. We'll do it one more time next Tuesday. Have a good one, everybody. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.